everybody. My name is Diane Gibbs. I'm your host, and this is Design Recharge, and I'm joined by my friend Kevin Green, and I'm really excited to introduce him to you, and I'm not going to do a really long intro today. I'm trying something new. So Kevin and I met at Creative South, and I was impressed with his, um, he just has a great presence, and he was very easy to get along with, and we're going to kind of dig into some of how that's some of how he gets freelance because he has a full-time job. We're going to be talking about time, managing time, working a full-time job and doing freelance. And how do you get freelance clients? How are you able to meet with clients if you have a full-time job? And how do you uh, juggle some of the stuff you do for the design community within your regular life? If you have all this other stuff and you have a girlfriend, you have other things going on. It's not like you're just, uh, you know, you have a good balance, maybe a good balance. Maybe. You're working on it. And then you're doing some side projects. Yes. So Kevin, give us a little bit of background. Um, just a quick, you know, two minute background on who you are. Okay. Well, first, thanks for having me, of course. Um, I Finally. am a, it's been, yeah. Since I asked forward. you a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, 2015. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, I'm a branding designer from Northern New Jersey. I grew up right outside of New York City. Um, I've been doing this design thing for quite some time. Uh, I went to a technical high school where it kind of began for me. Uh, it was Bergen County Technical School. And there, there, you know, there was a design major. I took that. Um, I went into college, design major at Montclair. And I've been designing ever since. So I've kind of really been in it since I was 14. Um, my first logo projects happening back in like 2005 or so. Um, yeah, and now I work as a full-time lead brand designer for an agency. And um, like you said, I have some freelance stuff on the side. Not too much, but it's there. It's kind of sporadic. And uh, yeah, I'm busy with a lot of things. Uh, I'm a board member of the United Design Guild, which is a, a local design organization. It used to be called the Art Directors Club of New Jersey. And that had been around since 1968, I believe, uh, last year. Um, with Mike Solik and Will Turn and the rest of the board, we rebranded it to the United Design Guild and we host events um, both in person and online. We have um, drink and draw events. Mike Solik um, does like Twitch streams for, you know, for local designers and stuff. And yeah, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Okay. So you and I met. Um was it 2015? 2015, yeah, Creative South. That was my first Creative South. So I think it wasn't my first, but I think my first one was 2014. Anyway, um, you impressed me from that. We ate lunch together at Subway because I don't meet a lot of strangers. So we're standing in line, and um, it was you and another girl, and then I was with my friend Hannah. Mm -hmm. And you know, we just didn't have a lot of time. It seemed like every single place we tried to go was closed. So we, yeah. and that's why we ended up at Subway, which we Yeah, Subway, like <laughs> we, just to let everybody know, we're like, you know, we're kind of sorts of fine dining. So Subway was, you know, the bottom of the barrel for us. But yeah, we made it work and our friendship came from it. So. Right. So it ended up being a great thing, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't our first choice of places, but I started talking to you. I think I was in front of you or you were, I don't know. I think I was in front of you. And so then um, I was like, Hey, do you want to, and this happens a lot at creative South. I said, do you want to eat? Can I eat with you? Or do you want to eat with us or something? And it was, I think it was just you and Megan. And so we just um, sat down and it's um, we have one of those six degrees of separation, which we didn't know. Of course, you know, we're just talking and, um, I told him that I was a professor. Do you want to start this story? Do you want to tell sure. your part of how you remember it? Yeah, yeah. So um, we started talking about ratemyprofessor.com, that review site, the Yelp of professors. Because I and, said I didn't want you to go and read my reviews because yes. I have bad reviews. And I had, you know, said that, oh, well, I had this one professor who, you know, if you read his reviews, you because he spoke in kind of broken English. So if you read his reviews, you realize the only positive reviews he had, he wrote himself. And I had said his name and you almost leaped over the table. And uh, we've been friends ever since. 
So, so my, so I, I'm, I think I'm a good teacher. I'm a hard teacher. And so some people who really can't take criticism have a hard time with me as their teacher, but I think they have a hard time in life as a designer because hello, that's what we have to deal with. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, I said, Oh yeah, you know, I was, um, accused of writing my own positive reviews. And then that's when Kevin was like, Oh yeah, yeah what am I? And I was like, really? And then it ended up, I had worked with that man at my university and Kevin had had him as a teacher and mm. Hannah, who was sitting with us, Hannah also had had him as a teacher. So mm. Hannah's in Alabama having him as a teacher and Kevin's in New Jersey having him as a teacher. And it's just such a weird, small, yeah. small world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My so. four years of college were his four years teaching there. I'm guessing he was just on a four-year type of contract. Uh, and I had him more than any design professor. So, oh, that's unfortunately, funny. Fortunately, I did not have Diane Gibbs. I would have left you a great review. <laughs> well, so Paige had me and she said, uh, you definitely develop a thick skin and I'm thankful for that. I think you need a thick skin. So mm -hmm. you having such a positive. So back, so it was a weird, you know, you're in New Jersey. I'm in Alabama. It's weird to know some one of the same people to mm -hmm. be honest it was and they just bonded us from then on but one thing I was impressed you were starting a hundred day project and I was like Kevin you know um I would love to have you on the show I what I I just loved you from the get-go because you had such a warm personality you were easy to talk to you um you didn't just uh, kind of let me do all the talking. I asked good questions and you answered. And so then um, maybe last year at Weapons, you finally yeah. said yes. I said, hey, that's, that's could, right. you, could you please do this show thing yeah. I have? So um, I'm, I'm moving on to the next question. But sure. so you I, kind of give us a little bit of your background. So you worked as a designer um, right out of school and then you got this position, correct? Yes. So when I was in my uh, my senior year of college, I had an internship at at this um, this company that had crafting brands like licenses, like um, uh, Martha Stewart crafts and stuff. So I was doing some package design for them, but it was all you know by the books. It wasn't really creative work. Uh, it was more production production work, I guess you'd say. Um, they brought me on for a temporary position right out of well, as soon as I graduated. Well, I was able to enjoy my summer. I went on like a huge road trip with my friends, went around the country, did some camping. Uh, and then just as I was about to be done with all the fun, they asked me to come back to fill like a, a woman's maternity leave. So that held me over for a while. Right after that, uh, a friend of mine was leaving her job. And it was odd because that wasn't really a traditional graphic design job by any means. It was more of an industrial design job. And it was to design high-end awards. So mm -hmm. like trophies and stuff. And that was actually pretty cool. So I was design. I wasn't. I was actually using Illustrator for three D work, which is very odd. But that's what they did. Um, so things like the Shorty Award trophy um, and all sorts of all sorts of trophies and stuff like that. It's not the most exciting work, but it was pretty cool to work in like mediums that I had never worked in before. Uh, right after that, I started at the position I'm in now. And at the time, uh, the company that I'm at, the agency that I'm at, was maybe half the size that it is. So there was the, the, the two co-owners, um, like a client management uh, person, and then the web designer and me for branding. So, yeah. So the, so the company's grown, but it's also that you have grown with the company. So I think, you know, a lot of times people's first jobs are, you know, more production, like you said, right? Mm -hmm. But you're learning a lot of things. You're also kind of seeing, they people want to see that you can, take criticism. They want to say that you can work as a team. You know, those are things that having that first job may not be the best pay or may not be exactly what you want to do. But that's why I always encourage alumni not to stay at that first job for, you know, more than two years, I'd say. I think that's mm -hmm. probably a good enough time because you've kind of maxed out at what you can learn and, and what they're going to allow you to do. Because a lot of times what happens is at that job, they see you as always the youngest or all maybe not technically physically the youngest but they see you as the newbie and so you can't ever unget that out so you have to kind of move positions to be able to gain stature i guess or responsibility or whatever um 
so in those positions, when did you start freelancing or were you always freelancing? So I've never freelanced full time, but I've always freelanced sporadically since maybe probably my, my junior year of college. You know, it's always kind of been project by project basis. Somebody knows somebody who needs something. Mm. Uh, and that's what it's, it's kind of been since then. I've never done any sort of outbound marketing um, for myself as a freelancer or anything. Uh, it's just, hey, a friend from high school, you know, works at a company that needs some work done or, you know, a friend from college just left the job and that boss needs somebody to freelance because they can't hire anybody full time. And uh, yeah, that's pretty so, much how it so it's been word of mouth. So I have to read something that Doc wrote earlier today. He sure. said, Kevin has a smile that hugs you. And I totally, that is it for me. Like that, he does. He has this, his presence. He, you feel warm. Um, you feel like he's interested in what we're talking about if you're eating lunch at Subway with him. Right. And so I feel like that's been, this is one of those personality things that I would love to see if you think that this is something that people could manufacture. Mm. Um, because this is where maybe you have a superpower in that you're, this is just so natural for you that you always, and me and you talked about this a little bit, like as a kid, were you that, were you outgoing? And I remember you telling me a story about your mom said, Kevin, go do something. And you, it was like play with somebody. And you were like, no, I'm good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, yeah. As a kid, I kind of kept to myself in that way. Um, when I was very, when I was very young, yeah, my mom wanted to like, play and I was just like no I'm, I'm okay like being by myself you know um and the, the whole design well the whole you know drawing and everything the whole creative uh work started when my my brother and I got a super nintendo well he got the super nintendo and it only came with one controller so since he was an older brother he would play and I would sit there just drawing the characters from like the instruction booklet so that's how that started for me but yeah, I mean, I was always kind of a quiet kid until maybe high school. Then I was obnoxious um, through, through to college. And, you know, Jed's probably going to agree with that. Um, but I find myself to be quiet again for some reason. Um, I mean, people, I don't know. I flip flop. I'm introverted one moment. I'm extroverted the next. It's So ambivert, right? Is that what they call it? The oh, is that what they call it? Have, have both. So, but one of the things that you and I talked about the other day when we were doing your test that I think is another kind of one of your superpowers is that is your ability to laugh at yourself. Like mm -hmm. I was like, well, how have you been able to, because you do come across as very warm and you're a good listener, you make good eye contact. So those are some soft skills that you really possess. And I said, how have you been able to do that? And when did you, you know, um, so Will asked you to, Will Truen asked you to be the community leader for the United Designers Guild, right? Yeah, that's right. United Design Guild. I'm like, oh no, I'm messing you. Okay. So the United Design Guild. So, you know, that says something. It's not like they're just going to choose the quietest kid in the bunch to be the community lead, right? So yeah. there's something about you that, and I asked you, I was like, well, what do you think it is? And you said it was, you think you being able to laugh at yourself has been key. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'll just tell a quick story about meeting Will um, at weapons of mass creation two years ago, I guess, or I forgot how many years ago that was uh, uh, summer 2016. I met, um, I met Joe Barron and I knew that he was from New Jersey because he was obnoxious when he was doing the uh, ink bores and he I was like fist bumping New Jersey. And so I approached him. I was like, hey, man, I heard from, you're from New Jersey. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, you have to meet Will. And then Will was handed the presidentship of the club um, from the prior president. And he asked after a few months of like just knowing him, he asked me to be the uh, community leader. And yeah, that's how that started. But. And so that's on the board. So you're, you're that, but you're, I think that's a perfect position for you because yeah. you really do attract other people. People feel comfortable with you, but you also, I think one of the ways you make people feel comfortable is that you act interested. I'm sure you are interested mm -hmm. in them. Yeah. You've all, so just like you were saying with Joe, you found common and you didn't know Joe before then, right? Yeah. You just yeah, started yeah. like, Hey man, I'm from New Jersey too. And this yeah. And he, he's like a couple of miles from me. So that was kind of cool. But, you know, I met them all the way in Cleveland 
So that was pretty cool. Yeah. All right. So, um, so then being community leader, so we're going to kind of wrap this back to freelance because I think a lot of people, maybe if you're in the chat, you do work a full-time job, but you also want to freelance. You can't, you don't want to maybe freelance full-time, but you want to have some freelance money coming in or doing something different. And so one of the things that I think design recharge is about is really for freelancers. And so how are we able to do that? How are you able to start that? And so one of the things Kevin's been able to do is just, he tells people what he does and he shows people. He also shares work that he's doing and then they like him. They like him as a person. So they want to, and they know that they can work with him. They know that he's a hard worker, that he's going to meet his deadlines. It's not like, Oh yeah, Kevin, you know, he's part of your dude. He's awesome. No, it's like, he's going to, he may do that stuff too, but he uh, is somebody who I can trust that's going to get the stuff done and, and done well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if I'm ever having a bad day, I'm going to come back and watch this cause you're far too kind. Um, <laughs> so thank you. But, um, yeah, I, I work would, night. Like, yeah, but you sorry. wouldn't be as busy if, if you didn't meet your deadlines it regularly, if you didn't mm. push yourself and try new things, because then, you know what you should pull up real quick? Is that um, animation for the card thing. Oh, the holiday card. Pull that up. Yeah. yeah but okay, not right this second, but get it in the background. Yeah, but, I have uploaded it. So we talked about the other day, we talked about, well, how, because I think that this is a common problem. Maybe you guys can holler back in the chat and say, yes, this is something I deal with. How do you find new clients? Because I was like, okay, you have client work. When do you meet with them during your full-time job? And he's like, I don't, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm working for other art directors or other people. And I was mm -hmm. like, how do you meet these people? And one of these girls is from high school and not somebody, he was in high school in the same grade, she was like two years older than you. That's correct. So yeah, all the freelance work I do, I mean, it's not even consistent. So it's not like I have like some crazy, you know, um, advice for finding, for going off full time because I'm right. not by means close to that. Uh, all of the freelance work that I do receive has been word of mouth and yeah, contacts as far back as high school um, are important. So don't burn those bridges because, you know, you never know what you're going to get from it. So with like the girl from high school, how did she contact you? She was on Facebook or Instagram and she was following you or so I kind of am trying to like ask you the question, like, how do you get these people from high school? So what are you sharing on social media that they're seeing that you're a designer mm -hmm that you're also doing branding or illustration, but you're also pushing yourself just like the, the illustration or the animation that I wanted you to pull up. That's not necessarily something you do every day, but it's something that you wanted to do. You did it as a self promotion and you send it to friends. Yeah. I, um, well leaving high school. So the, the one person you're speaking of was two years older than me. And I think that there was just a, um, there was a pool of people that were like of a higher caliber of like, you know, they were pushing themselves. Mm. I, I'm sure that's the case in some of your classes too. Like, so I, you know, Suluk and I were kind of, well, Suluk was one grade below me. We kind of were among, you know, five or so classmates that were known to be as productive as we are. Um, mm. So yeah, showing that work and she did reach out to me on Facebook, um, asked if I could freelance for her. And yeah, that's, so don't quit Facebook, right? Because it may help you get with older yeah, people. <laughs> that's, the, that's the one thing. It's like, just keep those, you know, I'm not even on there much anymore. I shut off notifications for it. It's, it's not even something I frequent, but keep it because things like that could happen, you know, and right. share your work everywhere. Share your work everywhere. You know? Because you never know who's going to be seeing it and you never know so one thing I think Scott Beersack has done, um, uh, there have been other people, Shauna has done this, Shauna Pinchezen, they've said, hey, I'm looking for work. And they've said, hey, I'm looking for work, or, or mm -hmm. Jason Karn. And I think sometimes it's just about being honest about, hey, I'm, I could use some work. And it, maybe you haven't ever been there because you, you're not full-time freelance, but mm -hmm. if you're showing that you're freelancing, 
and you're showing that you're doing work at work, then people at least know what kind of stuff you're doing. So I'm asking you, Kevin, but also the people that are here alive, you know, what kind of things are you sharing and are these the things that you want to do? So Kevin, you have that animation. Can you pull it up? Can you do share screen? Sure. Mm -hmm. So, and why did you do this? And was animation something that you already knew how to do or you were doing a lot of? So you can see my screen, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is my site. Um, and this is, sorry. And it's green. So this is a holiday card that I designed. Designed. Yes, my name is green with an E at the end. Just for people who yes. are listening on um, a podcast. So this is a holiday card that I designed. I wanted to send it out to friends, family, a couple of people that I was working for. Just as a, hey, you know, have a great new year, happy holidays. And um, and then I decided, you know, at the time I was kind of dabbling in learning After Effects, which I still am. Um, and this is, yeah, this is close to being a, a year old now, this project. But I made it into like an Instagram story as well and got it printed on like this pearl metallic stock. So uh, online, some online printer? Uh, that was through Four Over, which is a trade okay. printer. Uh, you have to like apply to print with them because they only like print with resellers. So I had to claim that I was a reseller, which I'm really not, but whatever. Gotta do what you gotta do. Right. So, okay. So you did this again. This is how I think you're bringing your warmth in. So you're, you're saying, hey, I'm going to print these things. I'm going to challenge myself. I'm going to do an illustration. Mm -hmm. I'm also going to take this illustration to the next level. And I'm going to do these for my friends and for people who were clients, right? Or, mm -hmm. or for art directors or whatever. And so yeah. sometimes it's just word of mouth. And so people know you do something. If you didn't have this kind of work before, now people know you could do it, right? Yeah. yeah. And when it comes to finding time for it, there's, there's always something you can, well, not always, sometimes you can't sacrifice things, but if you ask my friend Joe, there's, you know, there's a million times I'm like, sorry, can't play that video game with you. I have some freelance to do. And he gets upset about that, but that's the sacrifice you have to make. Like I actually have a ton of Xbox games that I've never, never played because I prefer to do this, you know? Um, so it's, it's, it's all about prioritizing things and waking up earlier, staying up really late. I prefer to wake up at like 5 a.m. and, you know, and get the freelance out of the way before I leave for work, then stay up until 2 a.m. working on it when I, when I get home. So. Okay, so let's talk about time a little bit, your mm -hmm. time management. So where, so I think Jeremy Slagle's in here, and I asked Jeremy when he um, was on when he was talking about the chin up chinchilla, he makes decisions really fast. And I've seen this as a, a, a regular occurring for people who are managing both a full-time gig and doing some freelance, no matter how much, right? One, maybe they're getting up early or they're staying up late, but mm -hmm. their priorities are really important and they're really set. They're really clear, but it's also about making decisions. You're not waffling all the time you're really saying okay I'm gonna do this I have an idea so can you kind of take us through a process of maybe it was that holiday card so did you have an idea you knew you wanted to do a snowy mountain scene that was all green because your last name's green I don't know can you take us through that I know I didn't ask you that in the questions no yeah that's that's fine um, so yeah I wanted to do something that was um, it was kind of it could just be a holiday card without being something specifically for Christmas. I know that green is used a lot in Christmas graphics and stuff, but um, of course green was like kind of like my personal brand that I was going with. And as far as like finding time for it, it was, you know, something I would put in like a half hour here, half hour there before dinner, after dinner. Um, yeah. So, so was it a sketch? Did you have like, um, did you know you wanted to do mountains or did you know you kind of the, you wanted to be a shape builder sort of illustration illustration or did you, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but, yeah. I, w I went straight into illustrator with that. That was never really sketched out or anything. Well, I probably did sketch some stuff. Um, but that was, that was quick. That was quick. I didn't, um, I didn't spend too much time with it. And that's, uh, uh, that leads me to like another thing as far as like 
time. And I would have to agree. I am, I'm very quick when it comes to some things. Um, my, my boss jokes around that like, Hey Kev, I need a five minute logo. And you know, <laughs> sure. I'll get it done by noon. But, um, yeah, actually one of my freelance, um, one of the people I freelance for, she says, like, watching me work is like, it's like I'm a robot. I just like kind of like zone out and I'll, you know, I'm done. It's crazy. So making decisions, has that ever been, was that even, maybe it was just because you started in high school. Was mm. that ever, you know, you know, a lot of people like push pixels, like, oh, I'm going to yeah. try this or, or just trying to make it perfect. Is that just when you don't know what you want? Or are you able to say, I know it's not absolutely perfect, but this is enough. This is good. Or, or do you think it ends up being perfect? Or do you look back at stuff and be like, oh, I wish I could have changed that. So both of those scenarios has happened, have happened for me uh, quite often. There's actually this one illustration that I did years ago. That is a, it's an hourglass with birds on the side and it's kind of like a tattoo illustration. I've designed that maybe like five different ways or six different ways over, you know, over the past six years. And I'm just not done with it. Like it's just never finished. Mm. Um, but then there's other things like that card. Like I need to get this done. I need to get it printed. You know, I want to get it out before, like, you know, by December 1st. So I don't have time to, like, you know, harp on these decisions. Just get it out the door, you know? So sometimes, of course, you know, done is finished, uh, done is better than perfect, like they say. Mm -hmm. So. All right. So going back for a second, mm -hmm. how do you show, depend? how do you think you show dependability? I don't know if people have told you in the past, maybe people that you work with at work or people that you work, your clients, your, yeah. your art directors that you freelance for, how do you show that as a skill when you meet them? Mm. Or do they I, see it in your work or? I think it's, I, th I think that, you know, at first it's a trust thing. They just have to, they just have to believe that you're, you're good on it. I, I mean, like I said, everything's word of mouth. So if the re referral is from somebody that they trust, it's usually going to trickle down. Um, and then of course, since I have that person to kind of, um, that's, that's accountable for it. Mm. I'm going to, I'm going to show up and I'm going to make sure that it's, that it's done the right way. All right. So did you ever work retail or wait tables? <laughs> yes, I did work retail. My very first job was at Aeropostale uh -huh. in the mall. And my very first day of work was Black Friday <gasps> in, in the busy, like that, that location was the highest um, profiting store in the nation. And I started on the craziest day of the year. And I remember one of the executives was there. He was like a few steps below the CEO. And he was like, kid, like if you can, if you could survive this, you can survive anything. So yeah, that was, um, that was craziness but yeah so that was my you, first so do you think that that so i think attitude has a lot to put amy said that would have been her last day <laughs> but if that was her first it would have also been her last but so what did you go into that how old were you you think i was six uh either 16 or 17 okay so you so you have to have some sort of either confidence that you're going in like i can do this mm -hmm. or you didn't mind talking to people because sometimes that has, you have to talk to people, strangers. Um, and you also have to be able to say, okay, I can figure it out. So maybe having this design stuff in high school, maybe gave you some of that. Maybe you were already having to present work. I don't know. I'm trying to figure this out because I think people, I think this is a great, uh, I think retail and waiting tables are great for people who are more introverted um, yeah. It really sucks, but it's a really good precursor to being a designer because you have to be able to step out and you have to be able to, and I think being great at customer service is really, really important as a designer. Yeah, I think so. If you ever met my mother, I think you'd understand why I was good as a, like a retail employee um, because my mom doesn't take any crap. Like my mom is, is she was born, she was born and raised in Manhattan on the Lower East Side. And she's like, She's, um, for lack of a better word, like customer is always right kind of person. Mm. So 
I dealt with a lot of like embarrassment when I was a kid, like, oh my God, my mom's a <laughs> woman. Um, and that kind of, I guess, conditioned me for the worst customer I could possibly have. Um, and yeah, so I don't know. I knew how to handle them. You know, you, you, you have to, you have to make them feel like, you know, like they are right, whether or not they are. Right. So, so some of it's anticipation, right? So, and maybe this is why Will asked you to do the community part of um, United Designer, Design Guild, United Design, I will get it. I want to get <laughs> designer. I know this, but some of it's anticipation. So one is that we have this deadline. I need to give it to them before so that they're not stressed before their client comes in. So there's, Maybe it's living with your mom and being raised, you know, uh, that she had some high standards, it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I think my dad had high standards. I'm not that my mom didn't. My mom's listening. And I know my mom has high standards too. But my dad, you drink two sips of that water glass. It would better be filled back up, right? So it was, he's really on the glass drinking, you know? So do you think that those, uh, I mean, how do you, how do you think it's just, because I knew it, I could tell by just how you were with me sitting at Subway and then how you were when we walked. The only thing is that you never got back to me about the um, hundred day project, but so that's oh. where maybe that's your Achilles heel, right? Cause you can't be all perfect and everybody's not perfect, right? Even Kevin Green is not. So Mike, you said Mike would give you a hard time about this. You get all these ideas and these projects. So tell them about your Achilles heel. So it's, I mean, as much as I do, there's just time management is not that easy. So I, there's like this sweet spot I find that like, if I just have three things to do, none of them get done well. If I have like 10 things to do, perfect. Like for some reason being a little more busy, I'm like on top of all of them. And then, you know, there's a threshold for that too. Then, you know, after that, it's like, oh, it's all crap again. So um, the 100 days project, I just never finished, to be honest. You know, it's, it's like the Inktober that I never finished. And I'm a lot of people struggle with. But do you think it's a priority thing? Like you put other people's projects before these ones that are personal projects? Yeah, yeah. Oh, certainly. Um if I, you know, sometimes, well, I used to do this, like during my lunch break, I try to get, you know, some work done here, some work done there on like personal projects, you know, passion projects. Um, so yeah, it's in, like, it's not, it's not that easy. And, and that's coming from someone who doesn't, you know, there, I have a whole list of movies my friends want, want me to watch. Never going to see those. Uh, and it's just kind of like accepting that, you know, it's prioritizing. Well, like you said about the games, like there are certain things, this is just not a priority. If I have time for it and I'm just sitting around, you would rather do work or do yeah. something like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so I'm going to, how do you, so with this animation, had you done any after effects like at work or done any? Um, so my, uh, the junior designer at work, he started doing some dabbling in After Effects. And I'm like, there's no way this kid's going to know After Effects. And I'm not. So him and I, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a healthy, you know, competition. That is good. Uh, but that, no, but that's a driver, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, I kind of picked it up and um, him and I teach each other things all the time. So I used to teach him stuff because he was my intern at one point And now it's kind of the roles have been reversed. Um, but yeah, he's, he's fantastic. So we had done, or I took it upon myself to just take some work that had been unused, like uh, monograms I had designed for logos and kind of animate them. Um, and eventually I'll have all 26 done, but I'm not going to set a date on that. Just like I shouldn't have for the hundred <laughs> days project. Uh, so yeah, I, I kind of just picked it up and I decided once I had that card, illustrated and it was you know sent to print I'm like let me at least take a stab at doing this um in after effects and you weren't one thing i love is that you weren't like animating absolutely everything you have subtle things mm -hmm. there's good transition so the illustration moves up it's not like a lot of things doing and then the smoke comes out and then the banner animates the most mm -hmm. i think out of all of it but really you're you're showing different Angles, I guess, like you would say, movie-wise, like panning up or down or I can't remember what it – I know I just saw it, but I can't remember if it pans down. 
I don't know what you call it, that. It goes, uh, oh yeah, pan, I don't know. You know, know how it's like, does that, anyway, it doesn't matter. We clearly don't know what we're talking about. You can right. ask your junior designer. Maybe <laughs> he'll know. He'll know. But how do you keep up with those interests? So obviously some are priority-based. Like, can I get them done in this time frame? And then some are like, you had told me you just have this long, long list of things that you know you will never get done, right? Well, I mean, I don't want to say that I'll never get it done. So, you know, But your list hoping. keeps growing. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, like, uh, sorry, go ahead. no, you go. So, okay, so like that, uh, the the podcast that Sulik and I started. One day, we just sat down for like, you know, it was like a Saturday or Sunday, and we just sat down and built out a ton of graphics for this, and like mapped out a schedule. And I think that so we have kitchen work sessions for those who don't don't know. Um, Suluk and I live together in this house and we'll have kitchen sessions where we'll just bring our laptops to the dining room table and sit down. And, um, I think that that is kind of, um, it's conducive to being, you know, to being productive. Mm -hmm. So, but if I don't like schedule time like that, things just don't get done, you know, and we're going to have an episode, a podcast episode about that too. All right. So tell them about the podcast. So this is an, another kind of side project. How mm -hmm. long has it kind of been in the works? And then when did you commit? So a few, a couple of months ago, I'd say, um, I was bothering Suluk like, let's start a podcast. Let's start a podcast. Actually. Um, so for the United Design Guild, he was doing a live stream with somebody and we had a great conversation downstairs in the kitchen when they were going to do the stream. We're like, we should, you know, we should totally do like record this sometime. And when we take like trips to Starbucks, him and I, we, you know, we start talking about things. It's like, why don't we just put a microphone down? You know? Um, so after bothering him enough about it, he's like, fine, let's do it. And uh, we've already recorded, I think five episodes. So the second episode was, uh, was posted this morning and it's, it's been great. It's, you know, it's kind of good to kind of catalog a few things up ahead. We have uh, two episodes with a guest already recorded um, and we have a schedule that goes into December. So, you know, just as a tip, December is really hard to get um, everything done in. So I yeah. stopped doing podcasts in December. Well, yeah. I do one, I do the first week just so you know, but you can do whatever. I'm sure you're going to be better than me. You're younger and, well, it's all, it also helps that he's downstairs and we, we record in this room. So, Hey, Sula, come upstairs, let, you know, put down the microphone and let's, you know, um, that's true. Yeah. So it's, it's just the two of you. Right. So, but just, when he moves out, will it be more difficult? Uh, is he moving out or somebody else? No. Is moving out? Someone else is moving out. Okay. Yeah. never mind. Now. Um, yeah, no, it's still going to be easy. Okay. Um, but even, even down the road, like let's just, hypothetically, if it takes off and we go into the hundreds and, you know, we're no longer living in the same house, uh, we'll find a way to make it work. You know, whether it's, I mean, people like Dustin Lee has that, uh, uh, honest designers podcast and they're so yeah, they're, far away. Two people living. are in London and one's in, um, South Africa. So yes, yeah. absolutely. And I'm going to be on it next week. Just so you know, a little plug for them. Awesome. Okay. Back to you. So um, I wanted to share the podcast. So it's, um, you have it under Linktree. So L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash buyer side podcast. And so then you guys, um, and Jed's like, it's hilarious. So there's your um, testimonial. So what would you, how would you kind of classify if somebody was like, hey, should I watch this or should I listen to this? Why would you say, what, who is it for? And then... And how would you like, give me some characteristics. Sure. Sure. So Mike and I have known each other and I, it's so weird to call him Mike because even his parents call him Sulik, which is not true. But, <laughs> uh, Mike and I have known each other for I, close to 15 years. Um, we've known each other since high school through college. We went to college together. Uh, so the podcast is two friends that have known each other for a long time in the same industry talking about things we, we've either experienced or, you know, um, you know, trials and tribulations of a creative career. And um, I'd say it's, well, 
we do get, you know, we're not, we don't filter ourselves too much. So if you have kids in the room, my like, mom right. doesn't listen to yours, right? She's That's not right. coming live. So don't, don't <laughs> listen to the podcast. Um, yeah, it's, um, we're, we're, we're not too vulgar. We're not, you know, my vulgar. mom doesn't know how to listen to any podcast. That's not anything about it. You in particular, she couldn't listen yeah. to probably mine and I'm making sure she's, she's even dropped off of mine. So see, we're good. Go ahead. Yeah. So that link tree, uh, link is just, um, It'll bring you to wherever you listen to it. So if you listen to Apple or Spotify or SoundCloud, et cetera. Um, but our primary place to post things is our Instagram, which is also Fireside Podcast. Right. And and that's Instagram.com. Oops. Yep. No, Flash it just Fireside. keeps cutting out. Sorry. Uh, okay. Instagram.com slash... Fireside, Fireside podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's been great. And it's, you know, it's a very casual thing. Um, so Jed says it's just funny, funny banter about design and life. And then it's not vulgar. So, so he was vouching for that. So I think yeah. that's, that's a good kind of, okay. but Jed is also from New Jersey and <laughs> it's kind of a, you know, fresh thing that, you know, I mean, I don't know. The, you wholesome people in the South. I know you're, it's, you're no stranger to it, but there's just something about us that's, um, yeah, it is, it is funny banter, but. Okay. Well, we'll let, we'll let people decide, but I definitely want to encourage them to give it a listen. Right. I think that there's something that's about this relationship between two designers that have known each other for a long time. And so maybe it will be interesting or fun, or maybe it'll hopefully help you build these long-term relationships with other, other designers. I think it would mm-hmm. be really important. All right. So tell me about, this is a, a branding project that you've done at work, the sure. um, pharmacy branding project. And mm-hmm. what, what other projects have you worked on that have been the most fun at work? And then what have you, and then maybe it's freelance stuff as well but that's also stretched you. So something that's fun and something that's stretched you. And if you want to share your screen for this thing, you can. Sure. Uh, let me share that. Sorry. So this is advanced orthomolecular research. Uh, this was a branding project that has been kind of like ongoing for the past year. The, the client came to us last October. And so they're a $50 million nutraceutical company uh, based in Canada, based in Calgary, uh, Alberta, and they've uh, they had this this brand that had been around. I think they started in 1991, and they were launching in the United States for the first time. And they kind of just wanted to, you know, completely refresh the brand from what it had been. Um, so this was the identity for that. Um, they actually didn't want to change the logo at first. And this logo, it's not the greatest. I actually did this very, very quickly um, because they wanted to stick with an old, old logo that they had. And I was just, I pretty much was like, okay, well, this could be your label design with that logo, or this could be your label design with something like this. I think this is actually the the logo that I had done within like a, a couple of minutes just to show them, you know, you could build up that brand equity. You could build up that 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 presence and that appearance. Um, and I, I had a lot of pushback from them because they had had that seal, uh, this logo from like 1991 and they didn't want to change it. And, uh, you know, it was a shame. I kind of like pushed them and finally they agreed. So we built out the brand for them and, um, I didn't do the web design. That was, uh, that's Dorothy at work. Uh, but I did design the, the, the identity and, that's been great. Uh, we actually Did you do the just, packaging too. Yeah. The label design. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't do that mountain illustration. That was a licensed thing. Um, but that will probably be changing soon. Um, yeah. So these labels might be redesigned again. Um, who knows, but we'll see. Um, but this was fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. This was great. Um, the one thing is, so I designed the whole thing from like top to bottom, but I also had to go in and like, work on the supplement fact charts on the back of the bottles, which is like the ugly side of things you don't see. And I had to fix every, you know, like type in every ingredient and every dosage percentage of like daily value and 
look at legal documents to make sure that, you know, the things that were six point type weren't anything less than that and make sure that the word dietary supplement was on the bottom one fifth of the label and that it was set in bold type and, you know, um, the quantities were a certain size, et cetera. Like it's crazy how much uh, the legalities that go into something like this. Um, so your so, attention to detail is pretty high. Well, something like this, it, it kind of had to be um, because we did send the, the, the label off to a lawyer, um, someone who uh, specializes in like FDA things. So the FDA lawyer like marked it all up and told us what we had to change. Um, and then of course, there's also things like the barcode needs to be a certain size on the back mm -hmm. of the label. So, oh. As much as it was fun, it was driving me insane. <laughs> so, um, how have you, was this a project that also stretched you? Uh, yeah, I mean, this has kind of been my personal health for the past year um, at work. But yeah, I would say it stretched me. It stretched me in its like, in how daunting the little details were. Mm. Uh, because the, the, they actually have, so I'm only showing a few here, but they have 120 products. Wow. Yeah, so every label needed a different, every product had a different color. The green ones, the ones with the green footer are vegan. The ones with the blue footer are non-vegan, whether or not they're vegetarian. Um, they have the blue footer. So, and then we had to extend that brand, of course, into a marketing campaign. Mm. We brought on a, uh, a creative director specifically for that, that lifeline thing on the palm. Um, so that's the, the lifeline. And it was pretty much saying, you know, wherever you are, AOR is too. So we're, because we have so many products, right. wherever you are in your life, there's a product for you. And the, uh, the creative director that we brought on board for that was, he was fantastic. Um, he was actually the guy who wrote eat fresh for subway. Um, <laughs> he wrote that copy for them. So yeah, he was cool. He had quite an impressive portfolio and, um, yeah, so this has been, and it's still ongoing. Um, this project has led us to uh, a few other nutraceutical and pharmaceutical brands that, um, that are currently in the works. You know, one thing I got from you explaining that, can you hit stop share? Sure. Um, one thing I got from that, Kevin, is you said we. We have gotten more, um, like you were talking about the ad campaign and it was about them as a company, right? But I think that's another one of your superpowers is that you become, it starts to be your, you know, and I think getting on board with a client, even when it may not seem super exciting that I think that's another one of your superpowers is that people think that, cause I really do think that you get excited about it and you really like to see people grow and people and so I feel like that's something that other people can, if this is not something that you do automatically, it's about finding a way to get on board and to be really excited about what's going on with one of your clients. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. That's how, very important. How do you do that? So if somebody, so somebody might not think that this is really all that exciting. So how did this become exciting for you? That pharmaceutical company? Um, the, just being, I guess, being a creative, you can see where they are and where they can be. Mm. And that's something you, you can get excited about. Um, and sometimes it takes doing some versions of your work that they're, that they're not expecting you to do. So you could show them that. Like I said, the, their original label had this logo that was, you know, it was terrible. And it, I just couldn't, it would kill me now if all this work I had done had that logo on it. Mm. So I had to take it upon myself and say, listen, this could be it or this could be it. And we're the visionaries to show them that, you know, these executives, these, you know, they're, they're, these business people are not going to take it upon themselves. You know, they're just not going to have that in them. It's kind of, you know, um, instinctual. In a way. And it maybe wasn't something that they came to y'all say, Hey, we need a new rebranding, but realizing once they got in, you were like, this, we need to do this because this is going to make them better. And so you yes. did it without necessarily saying that we're going to get paid for this, but this is so critical to y'all being able to put your best foot forward. That's right. Yeah, exactly. So, um, that's kind of the thing to get excited about is that you can give that you can make a change for them that they're not expecting. Hmm. So there's some, that strategy and, and mm -hmm. being excited about the possibility of what they can do. So there's another question 
that I think a lot of people get. How do you broach the subject with your current boss, right? Your boss about freelancing. Because oh, does uh, your does your office, does your current place of employment have a policy about freelancing? Um, we've never discussed it, to be honest. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we just never, like I said, it's, it's not, not like something you hide. It's not something I hide, but it, yeah, it's not something I'm like flaunting when I walk in like, guess what client I got, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, I we've never discussed it, but at the same time, I think that it's important for all sort of creatives to kind of have multiple outlets of how they work, whether or not that's for themselves or not, whether or not that's a passion project or another company, another agency, another client, whatever it may be. Um, like why not get dirty in, in all of these mm-hmm. possible fields? Right. Uh, um, so yeah, I mean, we've never, we've never discussed it, but I, I, I don't know of any, I don't know. I, a lot of friends freelance and I don't, I've never asked them whether or not it's been an issue or not, but um, I don't know if any of any, none of my friends have any issue with, you know, with their full-time situations and, and freelancing. So, so um, I had somebody at, uh, this weekend, I was talking to one of my alumni and she was telling me about her job and that her boss didn't want her to go to something because, or didn't want her to get involved with something. And mm-hmm. it was really outside of work, like you being the community lead for and on the board for United Design Guild. Yeah. You know, that seems like something that that is outside of the office, but it will only help you as a designer. I don't really, it, so it's in the same sort of vein of you being a freelancer. So I know yeah. Jason Craig really, he, whenever he did freelance, he always freelanced outside of his, you know, the industry within mm. where he lived. He always yeah. went to San Francisco or New York or something for for clients. He didn't, yeah. wasn't competing with the people in that uh, general thing. So if you were going out and, um, you know, just pick, if the company you work for only did pharmaceutical or healthcare and you went out and tried to do healthcare as well, sometimes that that's a, a you know, whatever of interest, conflict of interest, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, go ahead. Yeah, I've, um, that's the one thing it's like, there is no, I understand the whole non-compete thing. Um, but there is no competition there. Like the clients are people that they, you know, they'd never connect with because they're people I know from high school. So it's like, right. I'm not stepping on anyone's toes. Um, right. and they're entrepreneurs too. Like they have other than the, you know, the agency, they have their own side businesses and stuff too. So they completely understand that entrepreneur spirit. Um, and they've been fully supportive of like the United design guild thing. They came to one of my drink and draws. They're great. They're great guys. So, um, yeah, it's a shame that some people are kind of met with that, um, that friction against getting involved with things. Like why, why wouldn't you want your, your employee going to the conferences or going, you know, starting some sort of organization it's so silly. It is. Uh, and I think that people are, it's a control thing a lot of times that they yeah. don't understand it or they don't see how the benefit would happen because it maybe doesn't, um, it hadn't, they haven't tried it or they haven't, they've tried it, but it didn't benefit them, but everybody's different. And so you're going to be benefited from different things than Sulik would be benefited from possibly even. Um, so we've gotten through most of them. We have like Six minutes. So how do you recharge your creative battery? I loved this answer when we talked about this the other day. Oh, um, about me like going away, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, of course, there's the passion projects thing, which we talked about. Um, I often, so twice a year, it seems like it's happening twice a year. I go to Maine with my girlfriend uh, and we go camping for like five days and I kind of try to get away from the screens entirely. Uh, of course, I take some photos and stuff. But, but besides that, I try to disconnect entirely. And when I get back, it's like it's like I took two months off. It's great. Um, so that's like that's my number one uh, kind of recharge. recharge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, and I was telling you that I had either read in a book or heard. I think it was a. I've been listening to a lot of old. Um, NPR podcast called Hidden Brain, and I oh, think yeah. it was on that one where they had done the study of people who live. They were the same income 
kind of, so it was lower income housing and people who had courtyards that were, had shrubbery and uh, trees. And then they did um, uh, concrete. They had concreted the courtyard and the people who lived in the concrete courtyards majority, or, or it was clear that the people that in the concrete courtyard had more physical ailments and more anxiety, depression um, than the people that were in green uh, that even had just a little bit of shrubbery or grass or, or something. And I thought it was after Kevin and I had talked about it, they also did a study where people who were going on a three-day weekend and they went to the woods or they went where they were around more nature, that it was, they could still see a positive health effect for a month down the road. So it le uh, left a lasting impression for a month. So I guess I'm just trying to tell people to go outside more. But I think that it was really interesting because you said, I might go for five, five days and it feels like I am recharged for two months. It, it feels like I have been out of, um, uh, out of touch or I've unplugged for, for two months and you have that benefit. And I just want to, I, I just wanted to say that, that, that there's these studies done. And so go outside, I guess. <laughs> All right. So what advice is last question? I can't believe we're going to make it through. What advice would you give your younger self? And, um, well, tell me that one first. Um, so I would like, I would tell myself not to worry about making time for everything because the most important things you're going to do them, you know, you're going to take care of them. I, there was some quote that would actually, so that wedding I went to in Virginia, the best man said some quote that was like, don't ask a man what's most important to him. See how he spends his time. Mm. Um, you could look it up. I, I'm just, I'm quoting a best man who quoted something else. So, um, but that kind of resonated because it's true. You're going to make time for the most important things, whether it be your family or friends or your work. Um, and I've seen a lot of posts recently within the past week. And I don't know if this was maybe a prompt for like one of those drawing things, but I've seen a lot of like, it's okay not to do everything, you know? And uh, we often get wrapped up in that, that, this is a part of the reason I, I rejected your offer to do this for, you know, what, three years now so that I didn't, I never felt worthy of it. You know, that you had people on like, um, Jason Karn and, you know, whoever it may have been. And I'm just like completely intimidated by that. Like I don't have the body of work that these people have. I don't have the accolades that these people have. So, um, but it's okay. Like that's all right. You know? And I think that young designers need to, need to understand that. And sometimes you just have to say yes, because sometimes people see something in you that maybe Jason Karn doesn't have or somebody else doesn't have, and you don't see it as anything special because you've lived with it your whole life. But Kevin, you are special. You really do have a unique way of looking at things, of getting on board. You have a way of making people feel really welcome and loved. And so that's something that's so good about you. And it's probably really goes into you being a good designer and you being good with clients and you being a good team player of how you are competitive with your junior designer and that you gave Dorothy credit. I don't know what Dorothy's last name is. You know, uh, I, I didn't know she didn't, she did the website, but that's how, that's the kind of person that you are is that you really do feel you give credit where credit's due. You also really bring people together, whether it's at work or it's outside of work. And, and I just think that that's something that's really unique and special. So that's why I wanted you on a way long time ago and I knew it that day. All right. So what is, what's next for you? Um, what's next for me? Let's see. Uh, well, yeah. So can I have that podcast going on? Um, and that's once a week, once a, how often is it published a month? We'll be, We'll be posting it every Wednesday. Okay. Uh, we'll be trying to post it every Wednesday. Like I said, we have like four episodes already ahead of us recorded. Um, so we're going to try to keep that like, you know, we'll record another one this weekend, which won't probably go up for another month. And uh, Are that's the way. Are y'all doing the editing? Yeah. So we're recording it actually on this, on this laptop and I'm, it, there's barely any editing. We're just adding like my brother is the one who's recording those intros for us and they're, you know, ridiculous. Um, and so I'm slapping that at the beginning. We're slapping a little 
you know, ending at the end. And unless there's something where we like, we're like, oh, that was, this whole segment was ridiculous. Let's remove it. There's really, that's the only editing we're doing. And then, you know, we're putting together a graphic that's, we're not spending too much time on. So we just get it out the tour. Um, and it's been so much fun. It's been so like, the thing is, I don't get to illustrate that much at work. Um, so things like this that I'm, I'm illustrating our faces split in half. Um, it's fun to do, you know, it's fun to take it, you know, take the initiative on those type of things uh, are, outside are you, of work. Are you illustrating each episode, like an episode graphic each time? Yeah. Yeah. We're trying to do something different for every single one. Um, for next week's, it's just going to be a photo that I took like during our segment with our first guest. Um, and maybe I'll illustrate something in the photo. Like the, the one for today had the illustrations of tattoos on our faces. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, next, so, right? yeah, on our next. So I'm going to try to do something, you know, so Luke and I are both going to try to do something different for every single episode. Um, just That's to keep it. Keep... Right. Oh, so I can't hear you now. And you're yeah. black. Okay, now you're back. Oh. Okay, so what is the vision for the podcast? So you kind of said, uh, you've kind of given us kind of an idea of, um, you know, where you think that mm-hmm. you, one, it's giving you time to talk to Sulik and to guests as well as, and you're getting a chance to do illustration, which you're not really doing at work. So it's some conceptual illustration, you know, your face doesn't really split and half of it's Mike and half of it's you, but that's what the illustration is. So it's feeding some other needs that aren't maybe getting met. What else? Um, Cause you said, I don't know if we'll get to a hundred, but what what would be the what would be the awesome thing that you start getting paid for this or what's like the the dream vision yeah so uh, just in the way that i started with him like hey let's sit down and record our conversation that's pretty much like i don't want to set an expectation further than that because it, this could be another 100 day project that never comes to a, a complete end um and in that way it's very casual it's very candid between him and i and we're kind of keeping our expectations just as, you know, loose and casual. Um, so if we get to, you know, 25 episodes and then we take a break for six months and then pick it back up, like I'm going to be okay with that. And I think that people that, you know, uh, beat themselves up over that type of thing, you know, relax because the one person who's paying attention to it the most is you, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, there, um, I don't know if you ever listened to Malcolm Gladwell. Do you know who that is? Malcolm Gladwell. Uh, I know that. Yeah. He's written a lot of books, but he does a podcast and it's six podcasts a year. That's it. Just six and he does it in the summer. It may be more than maybe eight, but it's really low number. But I love when they come out. And it's really to me, it doesn't you're right. It doesn't matter. People will pick back up. Mm -hmm. Um, it's about setting expectations. If you're gonna take, you know, six months off, you should probably let people know. But I think that And that's been one of the things I think for December, I just think sometimes it's really hard. You have these, you feel like people are waiting on you, but you also, if you just set the stage, say, Hey, I'm not doing it in December or I took July off this past year, which I'm super thankful I did. I'm not sure if I'll do that again or not. Um, I think it helped this past summer, but I'm not sure if it's necessary. You know, I just think you got to kind of go with, with the flow. So I really want to encourage you. And I'm really, I'm really thankful you said yes. And I'm glad I, I think I tracked you down in the basement at Mahal's, right at WMC. I'm like, you <laughs> can, I want you to do this with me, please, yeah. please come on my show. So I'm, I'm grateful you pushed me for it, you know? <laughs> okay. Well, I'll get a hug at, in April for it. Absolutely. Okay. So I want to make sure I share all your links. So you guys can follow Kevin at Kevin, I'm sorry, at green, G-R-E-E-N-E, design.co. And then his Instagram is green, with an E, with three E's actually, design co. And then Twitter, Kevin Green, with an E on the end, and the, which is amazing you have that for your Twitter. What's yeah, it's a, it's a pretty common name. Um, yeah. I, so my, I have a personal Instagram and then of course the, the design. So Instagram that's what I kept tagging was your personal. It was K- it's fine, it's fine. underscore like, green, right? Yeah. And I don't know, even know if I want to, I'm so torn between that. It's like, do you keep the two Instagrams? Do you just I know. 
some people use one, some people post everything to one, but then I have, you know, friends who don't care about design and they don't care to see all this work. And then, you know, then I want to post a photo of my girlfriend and I, but I don't want that to be involved with all my work and all the people who follow me for my work. It's a, it's a mess. So I feel like that's a whole episode, right? Like Mark saying he has the same thing. I have the same thing. I really do. Um, maybe when we talk to, um, uh, uh, blanking, um, Oh, you know, she's a letter she presented at WMC Fest when we, Lisa Quine. She and I are going to talk about some Instagram and some uh, analytics. Yeah. So maybe her and I will yes, talk too. about that. I know. Yeah. So it's yes, like, too. what what do you post and when? And so for me, it's like I have Design Recharge. Now you have three, right? You have Kev Green, you have Green Design Co., mm-hmm. and now you have Fireside. So what do you post right. on some? And, and, and it is, you know, it's... And, and then there was... um. Uh, Daniel Hare, who once said, like, I'd rather have all of it. it. Like, it's a journal of my life. I'd rather have that journal in one place, you know, to look back on years from now. I'm going to see my work and my family all in one place. You know, that makes sense, too. So I've been so torn. Um, for now, I'm keeping um, So, and then, of course, Fireside. Okay. So, um, I think I, oh, and, uh, I just want to repeat that, um, fireside podcast is Instagram and then you can also get there from link tr.ee slash fireside podcast and you can get it wherever you get your podcast as well. And then United Design Guild, will just go ahead and plug Will there as well. So, um, yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, you can find all those links on my site. Um, and the. Um, the Instagram has a link in the bio for the link tree. So you don't have to type that in. That's all. Perfect. The links are somewhere. They're link. They just have to be a little resourceful, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you guys can always follow me. I appreciate the like and the thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube or if, um, if you want to give us a review on iTunes, that would be great. My goal is to have a Patreon up by November I hope November 1st. I know that's next week. I think that's Thursday. Um, I'm recording some stuff this weekend. Hopefully it won't be rainy. So I thank you for guys for keeping my feet to the fire. And hopefully I've got some good levels of things to do. But I um, just wanted to tell Kevin, thank you so much. Um, I'm glad thank it was you. a good uh, a build up for you. So you can watch it again and listen. But I really do appreciate you being the way you are. You are, you are unique. And I'm very thankful to have people like you in uh, representing design, you make, you make the industry better by having people like you in it. So I'm very thankful for you and I'm glad you finally said yes. <laughs> thank you for pushing me and thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Anytime. Anytime you want to eat Subway, we'll go eat Subway or yeah, maybe, any other meal. Yeah. Maybe we'll find something better to eat next time. <laughs> I hope so. All right, guys, we will see you next week. We are doing a repeat of, um, kind of starting over because we had a little bit of audio issues last week or two weeks ago with Bill Gardner from Gardner Design. He does Logo Lounge and it is the last day to per, um, uh, log in and upload your logos to Logo Lounge for the year. It's Logo Lounge 11. So Kevin, you should probably enter stuff too. It's just $100 a year to enter stuff. And then you also have access to all the stuff that's behind the scenes. So just want to give you guys a heads up you have one more week to be able to do that and then i will see you guys next week and there will be some extra content in the patreon that i am already recording so i really appreciate it and look we were just nine minutes <laughs> nine minutes over but kevin thank you thank you thank you Take care. We'll, we'll see you guys next week